Life Audio. The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it is going down this Saturday. I have John Randall in studio. He's the pastor of Calvary South OC. And uh, they're, uh, they've been planted out there. I don't know, for probably you guys just opened up your church there about how many? How yeah, it's been ago? one year in May, Ryan. Okay, I was going to say yeah. one year because you guys were out in the outlets before in right. Calvary Chapel, San Juan, prior to that. But you're going to have to catch the other radio show for that story, which was an amazing revival story. But today, John, um, I want to bring you in studio because we um, you work with a lot of young adults. You guys have this new night going off uh, called Thrive um, down at your guys' church. But I want to talk about stories of uh, situations that you deal with with young adults that they're um, – Stuff that they're struggling with, mm-hmm. or should I say, just trying to work their faith out. Right. And it's it's massive because yeah. you know, as you know, we we meet with a lot of young adults globally, and the same stories are everywhere you go because of the distractions. There's a million different things that you and I and they could be doing besides going to church or reading the Bible. Or I read that story before. I read the New Testament before, I've, or I've read that verse before. I've been to church before. I said the sinner's prayer. I gave my life to Jesus. But yet, there's no transformation. And as you know, and I know, there has to be a transformation or else there's no uh, power in your life. You keep going back to the same things, whatever those things were in your life. Maybe you were a liar. Maybe you like to cheat. Maybe you, you like to you know sleep around with the girls or chase girls like I used to uh, when I was younger. Or pornography or addiction mm-hmm. through drugs and alcohol. Or many other things. Things could be, you could be addicted to work and making money or sports and all these different things that actually become these little gods in your life. And what happens is when those things dominate your life, there's no relationship with God in your life. So therefore, there is no power. And you, I was just listening to Greg Laurie this morning and he, how he was saying with young adults that in 45 states, um, uh, uh Suicide has increased by 30% mm. in 45 states mm. with young adults. And, and the number one thing that they said that young adults worry about is, um, is depre- it's the number one problem in their life is depression and anxiety mm. because they're worried about all these different things and they're not basically keeping their eyes on, on Christ. So with that said, I want to just dig into this, some of the mm-hmm. stories that um, you've been hearing with these young adults and the things that you've been pouring into them, you know, right. give them life application. You know, I think, Ryan, when it comes to, you know, just understanding coming to Christ for salvation, that's, that's where it starts. And when somebody comes to Christ, um, the Bible says that they are born again. It's right. like, it's a picture of, you know, you have a physical birth, but this is a spiritual birth. And so when a, when a baby first comes into the world, they're, they're brand new. They don't, they don't know how to talk. They don't know how to walk. They, there's so much, they're so dependent and they need somebody to come alongside of them, their parent, obviously, and help them and watch them grow and develop. And a parent in watching this child develop is, is patient. He doesn't expect them to be you know, this age when they're really not capable of that yet. And I think when it comes to discipling people Mm -hmm. who are just newly saved, we have to remember how patient the Lord was with us Mm -hmm. and how, how much work God has done. I think sometimes you can, if you've walked with the Lord for a while, you Mm -hmm. kind of forget like what the, what the initial stages were Yeah, and and you can grow impatient. Like, Hey, don't you get this yet? Like, Hey, 
we just talked about this at church on Sunday. What do you mean you haven't applied it yet? Like, I don't even, I don't even speak that language. I don't even know what that pastor's saying. Like, I just, where do I open in my Bible? So I think one of the areas why perhaps um, people don't understand or go on is because of the importance you and I were talking about it, about the need for discipleship. Jesus said, go and make disciples. I mean, you can call somebody forward. They come and they get saved. But I, I always tell people, my prayers, I'm so glad you came forward. Now let's help you go forward. Because exactly. if you don't, what, what are you going to do? And mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's sometimes where we, where we miss that connection, helping people grow. The initial, the, initial, um, the initial step is when you give your life to Christ is you realize that you need help and you need a Savior. So you ask God to forgive you your sins. That's the starting point. Mm-hmm. So there's a spiritual transaction that happens that God forgives you and he implants the person of the Holy Spirit. But that is just literally the beginning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get stuck. Like they even say at these crusades and, and different things that like a lot of people give their life to Christ, but then they never follow up and go to church. Right. We have to continue to get in front of people and, get, and, and give the gospel so people get saved. We, Jesus gave us that parable. Some seeds grow, right. some seeds die, some seeds start and then die. So he gives the parable, but there's those seeds that grow and produce much fruit. And that's what God has called us to do is produce much fruit, and that's through discipleship. So what does yeah. that look like? Yeah, I remember just kind of along those lines, I remember wanting one of my friends to go to church with me when I was younger, and, and I was so excited. I finally got him to come to church, and, and I knew the gospel was going to be presented. I was hoping, like, he would go forward. Yeah. And, and so we went, and, and the presentation of the gospel, and he went forward. I was like, you know— you want it so bad for this person because you know what it is to be saved. And yeah. You're so hoping that they'll get it. And when I was, you know, coming around my eye, kind of peek in like, oh, dude, yeah. he rose his hand. Like, oh, he's getting up. Like, he's going down there. Yeah. And I was, and they went back, you know, had the counseling. And I was like waiting in the wings. Like, come on, man. And he came out and, and we got in the car. And I said, bro, I'm so excited for you. This is so great because God's going to be doing this new work in your life and changing you. And he said, change me. I don't, I don't want to change. I'm not, what do you mean change me? It was like. Oh, well, um, wait, like <laughs> you didn't, you didn't understand. Like, yeah. did you not know what this was happening? Sometimes people get moved emotionally right. and, 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 but you can get moved emotionally by anything, you mm-hmm. know, by a symphony, by a movie, yeah. by something, you know? So when it comes to discipleship, I think it's, it's helping them to understand the basics of their walk with the Lord. What is the Bible? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is mm-hmm. Jesus? Mm-hmm. How do I study the Bible? I mean, the, these are the, the basic things that we have to come alongside and help them to understand. I think the church needs to, and I speak for our church and other churches, like really invest in that discipleship mm-hmm. and helping people grow. Cause you can come to a Bible study on Wednesday and, and then maybe do I keep reading or what do I do? Like, okay, let's, mm-hmm. let me help you with this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very practical, mm-hmm. but it takes investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for me, I mean, I disciple people, you know, in larger groups, but I also personally, even now I'm mm-hmm. invested in individual people one on one. Yeah which is really good for me. And it's also good for the other person. I've seen the benefit and the fruit of personal discipleship. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people get confused with church. Like it's like a religious organization and you go and you, you put your time in, you, it's like you clock in, you clock out, <laughs> yeah. but really what it is for people that are listening now, you go and the pastor, he's studying that passage. He's, he's looking into it and God's speaking to him mm-hmm. and, and giving him, information to relay to the congregation that day through the scripture. So the Holy Spirit's in you, he's speaking to you, and then you relay it. 
And what he's doing is he's breaking it down. So as you read it, there might be questions that you have as a new Christian or even an older Christian that you look at the pastor, you don't understand it. The, the pastor is breaking it down how you can apply it to your life. That's what discipleship is. This is why you go to church and understand. That's why there's even other things at church that you could even go to next steps, like with evangelism or like, you know, there's, there's different programs. But people get too, like I was talking to a person this morning, or not this morning, two days ago. And he was saying, you know, I don't like organized religion and going to church. I'm like, no, you go there to actually hear the word of God taught and broken down. That's what discipleship mm-hmm. is. So it starts even on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or other classes. Yeah. And I think when you're the other part about being in fellowship, you know, the Bible exhorts us not to neglect the gathering of ourselves together, yeah. especially as we see the day approaching. You know, you you are we're in fellowship because, well, one, I'm, I'm around like minded people who are also growing. It provides accountability. Yeah. It provides growth. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's feeding me spiritually. Right? I always tell people, listen, imagine not eating for a day. Mm. Well, I could go maybe a day. Try two days. Try going without water for more than what what happens to that person that just neglects that which is vital to their physical existence? Mm. They will wither, they will die, they'll be hospitalized. I mean this this is not you're not yeah. gonna be in a good condition. Well, sometimes people do that exact same thing mm. in their relationship with the Lord. They neglect those things that are vital to them spiritually. And then they wonder, Hey, how come I keep falling into sin? How come I right. keep the, well, because you're not nourishing yourself in the word. You're not being fed. You're not accountable to anybody. And so you're just kind of out there and, and eventually you, you begin to wither because Ryan, I feel, you know, the Lord said, come unto me. He invites us, but he yeah. also said, abide in me, abide. dwell with me, stay yeah. close to me. Yep. People want to come to the Lord, but not abide in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really important if we're going to bear much fruit, Jesus said. And it's a relationship. Yeah. It's a, it's a relationship. People think that like, or you could think that, oh, God, I'm going to meet God only when I'm in church. But God is with you wherever you go. And through that relationship, as you talk to him, just like your wife, or if you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or even better yet, if you have none of those, you have, a, you have a, I'm sure someone has a parent that they have a relationship with. But that's what it has to be is God wants a relationship with us. That's abiding in him. But Jesus also says, even in John several times, if you love me, obey my commandments. Mm-hmm. So right. what, what are those What are those commandments? What's Jesus speaking of yeah. to, to that sentence? Yeah, you know, Paul, you know, when you look at Romans and some of the things that Paul was talking about, why, you know, we're saved by grace. Yes. Through faith. It's a gift of God, not mm-hmm. of ourselves. We know that. It's because mm-hmm. of his mercy. It's, there's nothing we could do to earn it. So salvation is a gift. I receive it. And I receive his grace and God's grace saves me from what I used to be, but he doesn't save me so that I can go back to doing what I was doing before actually saves me and frees me, Ryan. So I actually don't have to go back and do those things Mm -hmm. because for so long, for many of us, before we committed our lives to Christ, I mean, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I I live like I'm not a Christian. I mean, Mm -hmm. I show up at church, man, that was a good message. And then I go out and sin like crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, what did you, what did you just hear? I heard nothing. I heard it. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm not realizing that like Paul said, shall we sin that grace might abound? He goes, no way. Certainly not. We, we have been saved by grace so that we don't have to go back and live that life any longer. And I think sometimes people don't understand that. So one week, uh, you know, I'm out smoking pot next yeah. week. I'm doing really good. I came to church mm-hmm. next week. I'm out sleeping with my girlfriend, but next week I'm back in church. Like, no, God doesn't want this continued cycle of sin. He wants to, he, you want to get down the road from that. Mm-hmm. You want to have victory over those areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you see that a lot with, with people because they're not in the word. They're not reading. They're not praying. And when you read, when you read the Bible, 
the Bible, it, you're, you're reading it and it's speaking to you in mm-hmm. your life. It's convicting you and conviction is a good thing. And, and I see that over and over and over. And I, I, I was talking to someone, I was up in Hollywood a, recent, uh, a while ago and I was out in front of this concert and I was talking to this guy about him going to church and he's like, yeah, I used to go to this church over here. It's awesome. They have all this art and different things going on during the yeah. service, you know? And, yeah. and I'm like, cool. I'm like, so do they like open the Bible? Do they teach? No, they just kind of, they do a lot of worship. They do like paintings and different things during the service. And the guy comes out, he speaks a little bit you know motivates you and and there's no i go there's no teacher of the word of god he goes no he just comes out and just kind of talks and then you go away and i go well how'd that go he goes oh it was awesome man i was going every day for a couple months and then he's like then i just kind of stopped going i go because there was no discipleship there was no word of god you were just hearing these like you know motivational things but the motivational isn't gonna that's not gonna save you when you're going through tough times Mm -hmm. so now that person has walked away and not going to church anymore this is what's important Mm -hmm. to go to church read the bible and there will be a transformation Mm -hmm. this person never transformed his life and that is that that's what christ like says is if you're a christian you have to be christ like you know the bible says you know we've read it over and over that everything will pass away in your life and everything will become brand new and you won't be a slave to sin. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that are slaves to sin. They can't get out of this funk that they're in. They're miserable, but yet they won't go to church and actually surrender. Mm. So how does someone actually, what, what, what is the major, what can someone do to actually give their life to Christ to yeah. transform? Yeah, that is such and, a good. And stop going yeah, back. That is such a good question. I think some of the problem, you, you hit it. Um, you highlighted perhaps some of the reason why. The climate of Christianity is what it is, mm-hmm. is because in the pulpits, the word of God isn't being taught. Right. And so people are, you know, feeling good about that. It's like you're, you're more of a motivational speaker, right. um, uh, almost like, a, you know, you're trying to rally people around positivity and mm-hmm. good energy. <laughs> you hear all these words kind of just floating yeah. around and, and people want to want to leave comfortable. And I feel good about myself. Not that I've convicted, you know, I've been convicted or I need to change, but mm-hmm. I feel good about what's and, and, and it's like. So some of the problem why people aren't growing and going beyond that is they are are just in the pulpits of America. They're not being taught the word. So that's a problem that has to change. And, and I'd say if people are in a church where the word of God isn't being taught and they're painting pictures, um, that's one, that's okay for a one-off, but dude, Mm -hmm. like every week you can't, you can't survive on that. Like that's Mm -hmm. what that, that you can't grow because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need to feed the people God's word. So how does somebody overcome? I think, First of all, there, there has to be, and this is the, the tough part, Ryan. I think it's the turning away from that old life. There's such a grip and the devil doesn't let go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, when I first like started coming through, it's like, there's some stuff that wants to attach itself to me yeah. and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, the grip is loosening, mm-hmm. but man, you know, those nights when you're alone, you think, man, I don't like this. Yeah. What's that number? You know, like, no, yeah. don't do it. Yeah. Or, Hey man, I should call those guys. This is, and, and you have to, you have to fight through it's that. A battle. Oh, it's, it's lonely sometimes. It, it, it's hurt. Yeah. It's very lonely. And we didn't have social media in, in my day. So it wasn't like you could see all your friends doing everything that, that you, you, you heard about it maybe a week later. Oh dude, you weren't there. I can see it in real time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm feeling like, and the devil's right there. You loser. Look what, mm-hmm. look at this. You were missing out. You know what? It's funny that you say <laughs> that. Cause there's two things I want I want to hit on. Uh, when I, when I gave my life to Christ back in 2009, we did have social media and all that. And the iPhone was actually out and all the apps and stuff. And I remember just watching people going out and doing their thing. And I was at that place where I'm like, I, I'm following Christ. And it, it was lonely. I'm by myself. Yeah. 
at my house. Thank God I had skateboarding and surfing because mm. I was able at least to go <laughs> surf in the morning, skate in the afternoon and, and, and have fun versus like not doing that. A lot yeah. of people, and I think a lot of people, if they don't have other things to do, you're sitting at home and you're by yourself and you're just like, I'm not doing anything in my life. And then they just, they just give in. But it was a tough process to go through mm-hmm. and it was brutal. Yeah. But what I did is I pressed in yeah. at that time and I was reading, I was mm-hmm. praying, I was going out skating and surfing to like get, you know, exercise or whatever you want to call it to, to, to break the sweat. But it was a very lonely time. But when I came through that transformation yes. process and God, and I was getting discipled by going to church, reading the Bible mm-hmm. and listening to Bible studies that my whole life changed. But crossing over that time or that year was brutal but it was worth it but no some people never get through that process and i think about that process almost like when the egypt uh, the the israelites Mm -hmm. left egypt yeah it was like an 11 day journey you know but they got stuck there for 40 years and a lot of people get stuck Mm -hmm. in that 40 years experience like a spiritual yo-yo as chuck smith would say i love god i'm going back to the world i love god and you're back and forth back and forth and that's that's a miserable place to be but to give credit and not i'm not saying this is an excuse but you do have social media but also this generation is battling because think about the music that we were listening to when we Mm -hmm. were growing up yeah for the most part, it was pretty innocent, you know, until, until some stuff started coming out, right? You know, in the 60s, 70s, the 80s. But then nowadays, the stuff that they're listening to, it's almost like pornography. That, that It's like it's porn that they're listening to with the lyric yeah. of Nicki Minaj and all these other, and yeah. even other rappers. Yeah. So now you have this generation of kids that are listening, polluting their mind constantly, watching screen time. And it's so much harder to actually read your Bible or to get plugged in a church. It's like they're constantly bombarding themselves mm-hmm. with crazy stuff. I mean, it's a very crazy time that we're living in. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of distractions. And I think, you know, you know, as you were describing. A lot of distractions. As you were talking about that whole thing about that transformation and that hard yeah. season that you have to press through yeah. spiritually. It, it kind of, you know, Paul often in the scriptures, he likened the Christian life to like the physical life, the athletic right. kind of, you know, when you're, when you decide, Hey, I'm, I'm tired of being this way. I'm tired. I, I want to do something. I want to get in the gym or I want to do this. It's like, okay, there's some things that are going to have to change. You know, like this will probably, you're probably not gonna be able to drive through uh, in and out at midnight, uh, three nights a week. Uh, maybe just cut it down to one. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to have to, yeah. you know, you're going to have to do some discipline, but it's going to be good. And sometimes I think, Oh, I don't want to be disciplined, but there's such freedom. Yeah. In that suddenly yeah. you get through that suddenly you're starting to advance and you you're getting your wind and you're you're starting to hit hit some hard yards and and then all of a sudden it's like wow I actually feel different mm-hmm. you know why because you you press through and sometimes in that initial coming to Christ there's all of this opposition now the devil who just had you bound mm-hmm. now you he, he you're out of that and he's pursuing he wants to pull you back and so you gotta you gotta you know run the race and and go forward. If you want, if you want to see results, it's funny when, as you're telling me the (laughs) story, I'm thinking about there's a, there's people that they, they are like, I'm, I need to work out. So they start working out, but they're still eating burritos (laughs) and they they don't change their diet. So there's never results. Yeah. You're talking about me. I understand. I'm convicted. I'm convicted. (laughs) But there's, but that same thing with church. Yeah. It's those same people. They're like, I know I need it. I need to go to church. They go to church, but yet. It's, it, instead of eating the burritos and stuff, they're going out and still yeah. sinning. There's never yeah. results in their yeah. life. Yeah. They're doing both and there's no results. And that's the Christian walk. That's the truth. Right? You know, yeah, you're right. And I think of what the writer of Hebrews said. He said, you know, lay aside every weight mm-hmm. and the sin 
that so easily encircles or ensnares us right. and then run the race. Sometimes we, we don't want to lay aside the weight and sin. And we yeah. wonder, how come I can't run a straight race? Right. How come I feel stuck? Mm-hmm. How come I just keep going through this cycle? Well, these are some things that God wants to help you overcome. And if you look to him, um, he'll, he'll help you. The power of the Holy Spirit to overcome sin. And that's the other thing, Ryan. I know yeah. I love the fact that you emphasize this so much in your ministry. And I, I appreciate it. And that is... You know, for a lot of people, they don't know who the Holy Spirit is and that there's power to actually overcome sin. So I'm just, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop smoking or I'm going to stop doing this or yeah. I'm, I'm going to stop sleeping around. Or I'm going to stop. Okay. Okay. You know, on your own, in your strength. And you might last for a little bit. And then before you know it, you get sucked back in because it's your power and not the Holy Spirit. And oh, I, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's talk about the power of the Holy Spirit as well. Let's, let's really break this, mm. this down as well. Um, Interesting enough, I've, I've been having a lot of conversations over <laughs> out here uh, over the last couple of days. There was a, a guy I was talking to, and he was talk, asking me, you know, he's a full-on st- smokes weed all day long, and um, you know, kind of talking to him, and he's just like, "How did you?" Because I kind of I share my story a little bit, you know. I gave my book, sure. and, and I was telling him everything I was doing, but he's like, "How'd you just quit? Like all of a sudden, how'd you stop?" And I said, "Well." I said, I gave my life to Christ, and I said, um, you know, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And there was a supernatural event that happened that I received the power to stop. And it's been 15 years just with, with mm-hmm. one prayer. He's like, what? I never went to rehab. He goes, yeah, rehabs don't help. I go, they really don't. It has to be. Everyone that goes to rehab, they, they, for the most part, the statistics, they go, they get clean, and they, get, they come out, and they go right back to what they're doing. It has to be a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that God just takes away the desires in your life. And then he starts telling me about his family. You know, you know, this guy, she, you know, this person had kids, their kids are all messed up. They're this and that. And she's messed up. And, th- and I'm like, nothing will ever change. And let, cause he's like, how he's like, what can I do to help them? I'm like, they need to give their life to Christ. They mm-hmm. need to have the power of the Holy spirit because they will continue to live this life, a chaos without the power of the Holy spirit. God, that's why Jesus says, whoever uh, uh, believes in me, I will give them the torrents of living water. Mm-hmm. That's the personal Holy Spirit that will be in you, and he will start transforming your life from within. He will speak to you, mm-hmm. but you can't do it without. The people that try to do it without, it's funny. They have their chips or whatever. They're like, I've been sober for 100 days or 1,000 yeah. days, and they're like holding on to this moment. And I'm like, they're like, how long have you been sober? I actually had to think about it. Like, hold on. When did I? Wait, when did I give my life to Christ? And like, yeah. But I'm not like looking every day right. of my life going, I just got to get through this day. Just another day I can be sober. I don't even think about that yeah. because my mind has mm-hmm. changed. My heart has changed. God has given me, you know, as you know, he gives you a new new thought process, mm-hmm. new ideas. So you're always living your life. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, God, forgive me of my sins. I start listening to a Bible study. I start reading the word. And then I go, okay, God, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do in my life now? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do today in my life? Do you want to bring someone across my path? Or do you have something new for me, new, new venture of faith or what? It's always like, what's next in life, mm-hmm. right? It's not like, oh, man. Okay, dude, I don't got I don't want to drink. I don't want to yeah. I don't think about yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And I know that's not your background, yeah. but there is so many people because this is a culture no, that pushes like weeds legal now. Yeah. Like we could even we could even talk about that now. Let's let's mm-hmm. talk about this whole Christianity uh marijuana. Well, marijuana is legal in California and New York, I think, now. So can Christians smoke weed now that it's legal? Yeah. This you're asking me. Yeah. Um I you know, some people and it's funny too when you talk to people um about that or ask that question. Yeah. Um, 
they'll say, you know, they'll quote that one scripture, you know, well, you give us all the herbs of the field. You know, it's like, hey, listen, that is not a proof text for smoking pot. So yeah. stop, stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that that's, you know, it alters your mind. It, and it's really a gateway into all kinds of other things. And I think um, just because it's legal in California doesn't make it right. There's actually a lot of things in California that are being legal that are not right. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's exactly. not the proof. And, and I think if you look at, at what happens to people that pursue that, where, and I mean, I could show you just a trail of people whose lives are destroyed because of the fact that they have pursued that and, um, and where it's led. And I think, do you, do you want that? And, um, well, I know, so, I know this about weed. I know that it, the facts are it destroys your short term short term memory. Yeah, and they so they go. Oh, it only destroys your short term memory. Yeah, but if you're smoking every day, which stoners do, and wake and bake from the morning, lunch, and mm-hmm. afternoon, and and in between, if you're if you're smoking weed all day long, which a lot of people do, your short term memory is being destroyed. So you're actually destroying your long term memory for many years, and that happened to me smoking weed. Also, I've seen people get addicted to weed. Where they can't eat unless they're smoking mm-hmm. weed. And mm-hmm. people say, oh, you can't get addicted. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. People get addicted. Also, you're not sober. You're mm-hmm. in an altered state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. You're, right. you're not. The Bible says uh, be sober-minded, right. right? Because your great enemy, Satan, has come to steal, kill, and destroy, mm-hmm. right? And also, um, when, you, when you look at even alcohol, they used to call alcohol spirits, like a spirit store. When you, when you start drinking, you, you're... you're, you're your vibe changes. You mm-hmm. turn into a, a, yeah. a different person. I truly believe that alcohol is the gateway because oh, yeah. I started drinking first and that opened the door to weed yeah, and then all the other things. And some of the stuff that I was kind of sketched on doing because I was drinking and intoxicated, I, I did other harder stuff. Mm. So I look at alcohol as the gateway for myself. Well, let me ask you this because just kind of flipping the narrative for a second. Let's yeah. talk about the person who's listening and says, I'm not... Pff- yeah, that's great. I'm not a stoner. I don't do drugs. Yeah. I've never done a drug in my life. Yeah. I'm actually pretty clean. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, there's a couple of things in my life, but yeah. what about that person that feels like I, I, I'm actually compared to somebody like that? Yeah. I don't do anything. What would you say to somebody like that who doesn't do those things? Yeah. What, what should it mean for them to walk with the Lord? Did, you mm-hmm. know, because I think sometimes you play that comparison game. Yeah. Well, I'm not like that guy, so yeah. I'm good. Yep. You know, I'm not well, strung the, out. the Bible says, uh, you know, be not intoxicated with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's just go back to the Holy Spirit thing. But you could be intoxicated with all kinds of different things. Right. You could be, because intoxicated is to be under the influence or to be filled with, or like, what are, what is one, if you're complete, if you're not doing drugs or alcohol or anything like that, right? Some like a background like you. But what can you be intoxicated with? What you could you be filling your heart and your mm-hmm. mind with? That's the question for whoever's listening. What is consuming you? What is your God? Because mm-hmm. people that smoke and drink, their God is uh, drugs and alcohol. Yeah. But what is your God? What are you filling yourself with? Is it is it your is it money? Is it success? Is it your your career? Is it um, your girlfriend, is it your, you know, sports? What are you feeling yourself? Mm-hmm. What are you obsessed with? What dominates your life? Yeah. Because God, uh, the Lord, Jesus Christ should be our Lord of our life. And through the work of the Holy Spirit, he puts everything into order, right? Our relationship with God through the cross gives us our relationship here on planet Earth with man. So I would say, what are you feeling yourself with? And that's that's the question. Like you know, you you, you live down uh, by the beach, so you know there's there's a lot of people that won't go to church because they are like, well, Sunday is my beach day. 
So they're they're obsessed with with surfing, right? Right. So that's that's yeah. You know. I was thinking about you know just this. You and I were talking about this before the show. That passage, you know, that kind of speaks to some of this. We were kind of breaking it down and, and talking about something we're seeing, and and in Second Timothy three, where he says, "There's those that are led away by various lusts," and in verse seven he says, "They always learn, always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth." They're, they're constantly being led by lust. Right. And so although they're learning, they're hearing it, they're not really coming to the truth. It's not, it's not affecting their life. So you're always hearing the, and this was me. I could hear Bible study, some of the best Bible teaching in the world growing up, listening, sitting there, hearing it. I'm learning it. I've got Bible class on a right. daily basis. I could quote chapter and verse. You yeah. say it, I know it because it's, it's a class. Right. But I hadn't really come to the to the knowledge of the truth. The truth hadn't set me free. I knew about it, but I wasn't free. Okay. So right after this break, we are going to get into actually the application and taking it serious. Because you can have a bunch of knowledge, yeah, right. right? And there's a lot of people that can quote verses, but mm-hmm. then you look at their at what their life and there's no fruit. Right. Right. I mean, I'm sure Judas could quote all the different, you know, sermons. I mean, he heard a bunch of amazing Bible studies, <laughs> and and he was uh, he heard the most amazing Bible studies, and he saw the signs and wonders. He was there, very knowledgeable, but he never had a relationship with God, and that's that's a scary place because there was that verse that we were talking about yeah. at the beginning of the of the show, um, or before the show. You were saying Jesus says um, um, on, on the last day, some will say, "Lord, Lord." Yeah, we cast out demons. We prophesied. We did miracles. We did all this in your name. And he says, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law or you workers of iniquity. That is frightening. And this is why we do these shows, you guys, is because, you know, we can't play games. God loves you. And, and if you're messing around, you don't want to you don't want to lose out on eternity because it's forever. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's you do not want to end up in hell. And I've seen too many people that didn't go after God. They've presented the truth. They had the opportunity. I've seen them give their life to Christ and then they've walked away. People that were serving in ministry that God was using. And it's, it's frightening. Yeah. And I was just listening today to the, to the Bible app and it was talking about how, you know, you, when people go back there, it's even seven times worse. Yeah. You know, like if the house yeah. isn't clean, imagine being in that state. That is that is frightening. Mm. Well, we're going to be back in two minutes um, right after the break. Please go to Ryan Reese on YouTube official. Subscribe and get all the past shows for like six or seven years now. And go to the whosoevers.com. Uh, check us out. We are touring the globe. Book us. And I'll talk to you in two minutes. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show. Coming up, post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. All right, we are back in studio with John Randall from Calvary Chapel, South OC. Hey, John, before the uh, before the break, we were talking about how you were 
re, you were getting a lot of amazing Bible mm-hmm. studies. You knew the verses, you knew the passages, but you weren't applying it to your life. What was it? What was the moment when you there was a change mm-hmm. through the work of the Holy Spirit where you started applying and things started changing? Yeah, I think as a kid, you know, when your your parent it's your parents' thing, you know, and so they're teaching you, and, and you know, as a, a younger child, you're you're doing the stuff, you're going yeah. to the classes, you know, the verses, yeah, you're sharing your faith, and um, I think um, when it becomes your own, but I, I kind of I it, it it really I knew it. But I didn't apply it. It's almost like familiarity bred contempt. Like, right. yeah, I know what that verse means. I, yeah, I could quote that, but it, it, it made no impact. When, when it made an impact, Ryan, for me, I mean, if I look back and I think about coming to Christ, and I mean really coming to him, it was the awareness of the sinfulness of my sin. And it really took me a while to get there. Um, it took, and it doesn't, and I want to say to the listeners, Ryan, it doesn't have to be this way. There is an yeah. easy way and a hard way. Yeah stubborn people like you and me, mm-hmm. well, we selected the hard way and mm-hmm. we got, we hit our head tons of times. And, uh, it's where it's like, finally you're so unconscious. You think, okay, what's, what is going on? And God just keeps pursuing and keeps chasing. I'm sure there's people listening right now that like God is pursuing you. He's, yeah. he's chasing you and you are resisting and you are fighting yeah. and you think it's your parents or you think it's your job. Or it's actually God, like yeah. God is chasing you yeah. and you're running and you got all these excuses. That was, you know, I had excuses. And then I got to this place where God allowed me to see really the sinfulness of my sin. Just to, I would say to the end of the road. And I just felt like, I know better. And, and it's like the prodigal son, you know, when he's sitting in the pig pen and he goes, dude, I, I'm eating what pigs are eating. Yeah. I should probably go home and just work. You know, yeah. that's kind of where it was. And I just, something turned around and I repented. Repent means to change direction. I didn't have it all figured out. I didn't know what the next step was. I just knew, Lord, I, I, I need, I need you. And I know that. And I believe what you said is true. And I repented and I was in a relationship. I broke it off. And I didn't think I'd be able to keep that that way, mm-hmm. but God enabled me to. Mm-hmm. And some hard things, painful things, but that's what started the process. And then I, I started opening my Bible mm-hmm. and suddenly the verses that I knew started coming alive. The Holy Spirit filled my heart and, and I realized that God wasn't making me work my way back to him, but he, he just loved me. He loved me. He embraced me. It's like that, put a ring on his finger, you know, the prodigal son, put a robe on it and hey, let's have a celebration. He loved me. And it was, it was, you know, the Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance and just that love of God. Mm-hmm. So, so broke me. Like I'm so undeserving of this. And that was like this, this turning point, um, seeing my sin and then seeing God's love mm-hmm. and just thinking, how can these, and, and that, that really changed, you know, and then the and spirit. that's what this whole thing is about. Our yeah. relationship is love. Yeah. It's not, it's not yeah. religion. You know, people, yeah. people look and they think, oh, it's these guys that are trying to be good. Yeah. But no, we, we, we <laughs> love God and yeah. we see what God has done in our life. And it's a love relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what this whole Christianity is. And we love you guys. And this is why it's like the passion that you guys hear here. I mean, I'm looking at John. Is, yeah. He has some tears in his eyes and, and I'm, I get excited because I'm like, the passion. Like, I just want to tell people yeah. like, dude, God loves you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He loves you so much and That's he right. wants to change you. And you don't, I, I look into people's eyes and I see them and they're broken mm. and they're depressed and they're suicidal yeah. and they're, and they're, they're educated and they got a lot of money, yeah. but yet they're, I can't tell you, John, the, 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 the stories and the people I've been meeting up with over the last couple of weeks that have everything, yeah. but are just broken inside and i'm just like dude read the bible 
God loves you. He wants to forgive you. And they have the knowledge. I've been to church. I go to church. I'm messed up. I need your help. Can you do this? And I'm like, dude, you need Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's there. He'll yeah. never leave you. He'll never forsake you. In uh, John 14, Jesus said this. If you love me, it all comes down to love. To you listeners, do you love God or not? Because if you love God and you want to have a relationship, he's there. Right. But hey, if you don't want him, he's cool. I mean, he's not cool like he wants a relationship with you, but he's not going to like force himself on That's you. right. Yeah, Jesus said, you know, there in Revelation, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Knock. And if you'll open the door, I'll come in. I'll change your life. Right. But I'm not going to huff and puff and blow the door down. I'm not going to, you know, bring the battering ram and say, okay, on my count, hit the door. I'm not doing that. I'm just knocking and you can open it or you can keep it closed. And Ryan, I think for so long, I, you know, I, some people keep the door closed because they think God wants to take everything. He's going to come in and take everything. The only thing he's going to take is the stuff that's killing you. Like I'm going to take that, but what I'm going to put back into this place, you can't even imagine. And I think that's, that's the other part that people don't know. And that's the lie of the enemy, Ryan, to think that God's coming to take something from you. You know, it's like when Jesus met that woman at the well, you know, he's having this conversation and she's kind of going back and forth and getting all religious and yep. talking about this and talking about that. Jesus goes, let's just cut to the chase. Like, let's talk about you and the five guys you shacked up. But then the guy that you're with right now is not your husband. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. okay. You know, suddenly everything's religious. No, he, he didn't want to take anything from her. He, she had already had things taken from her. He wanted to restore. And people don't know how good God is. If we only knew how much God loved us. I mean, we would be, we would be running to that. We would be turning to that. And, and it's all these other false loves that draw us in and suck us in and promise so much and can't deliver that leave you, as you said, empty, broken, without hope. And, um, and Jesus is, he is the answer. Mm-hmm. It's the only answer. You know what? You're absolutely right with that. Do people do think, and I used to think the same thing, is that if I gave my life to God, my life's going to be boring and lame. And what am I going to do? Oh, man, I'm having so much fun. But all that fun, it's not even real fun. It's counterfeit fun. Yeah, right. It, because all that stuff that we think is fun, it, it, you just become a slave to it and there's no joy there's no happiness i mean you you could have little moments of happiness but you keep going back to that to that emptiness yeah. you know what i mean and god wants to fill that emptiness in you and he wants but not only that, he wants to give you purpose yeah. and destiny mm-hmm. and when i give my life to god i'm doing way more than i ever even imagined yeah. he loves you mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to take what's good he created you he knit you together he has a plan for you yeah. he knows you better than you know yourself right. and he has all these i'm not saying like you know, right. I'm not saying like prosperity gospel. No, I got you. What I'm saying is he wants to bless you and right. he wants to help you. And it could be in every aspect of your life, but you have to come to him and give your life to him. Yeah. Like I said here, he says, Jesus says, if you love me, uh, obey me. Oh, I'm sorry. If you let me obey my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. And he is the Holy spirit. So go ahead and break down. Yeah. What I Jesus is saying there. It's, that a, Holy spirit it's a very powerful point that you make in there. What Jesus said. And, oh, and he will lead you into all truth. You all Don't truth. leave that part. out. So how do I, you know, in other words, so how do I experience this? How do I know truth? How do I, Jesus said, here's where it starts. It starts with you coming to me. And obeying what I've said. And sometimes we're like, well, I want to come to the Lord on my terms. Like, so let me make a deal with you, God. Like, if I do this, then you do that. No, 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 no. It, it's me coming on, <laughs> on his terms yeah. and saying, okay, I'm responding to your love. And, and this is a commitment that I'm making. It's a relationship. And as I enter into this relationship, suddenly you provide me with the Holy Spirit 
And now you open up the scriptures to me. You give me the power to overcome sin. But you're asking me to follow you. You're asking me to obey you. If if you're going to come to the Lord and say, well, I'll come to you, but I'm not doing what you say. You're not really understanding what he's saying. You're not understanding. It's like saying to you, Ryan, you know, you and Crystal have been married for for years now and um, such a beautiful family. And I think, you know, when you and I was there when you stood at the altar and made those vows. And I remember like if you got up there and, you know, you went through all those vows and you're committing yourself and you're giving her the ring. And now you're husband and wife and you tell her, I do. You enter into a relationship and a commitment and then you walk out and you're unfaithful. Like you did not understand what you just said. All those vows you made and all those things you said mm-hmm. and the ring you put on her finger, you didn't understand. This is a relationship which is motivated by love. But because of, of you, you're walking together, suddenly there's all these wonderful things, this, this fruit in your life in the form of children and ministry and all mm-hmm. of these things that God's done because of because of love. You commit yourself to that. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand this is a commitment. This is a way of life. This isn't yeah. like a, a one-time decision and like, Hey, I'm out. I'm going to do my own thing. This is mm-hmm. this. I'm Lord Jesus. It's you and me. Like we're <laughs> till the end. And I think understanding that and obeying his commands opens up so many things. Walking in disobedience always hinders what God, God wants to do. And that's the thing, Ryan, that I think really hit me when another thing that came to a realization was when I realized there were things that God wanted to do in my life. But because of where I was at, he couldn't do it in my yeah, life. Right. Explain, it was, explain some of those things. Yeah, I would say, you know, hey, I really wanted to be, uh, you know, I want to be used by the Lord. Okay, cool. And so you try to be used in the, by the Lord in the flesh. So you, hey, you're saying you're trying to do this. And at the same time, you're over here on the side, kind of like with a, a duplicitous yeah. double life. You're double minded. So you're unstable. One minute you're saying yep. this, the next minute you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's, you get stuck. You're not going any farther than here because you, you have chosen to, you're not obeying. And it wasn't until by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit that repenting of those things, seeing them for what they are, choosing to walk in the ways of the Lord, suddenly the path opens up and truth is received and my eyes are open. And now God begins to do what I, I could have never imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's all his grace and I'm still in love with him and I'm, I'm growing in love with him. Um, it's a relationship. You, you know, God, about being used by God, um, God is holy, right? He's a, he's, 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 he's holy. He can't use flesh for ministry, right? So people go, I want to be used. And, you know, we, we've talked about this a couple mm-hmm. times is like in Timothy, it talks about those vessels, right? Mm-hmm. And it depends what kind of vessel we are. Cause we are all vessels. And what are we full with going back to the beginning of the conversation? What are we intoxicated mm-hmm. with? What are we filled with? What, you know, what is inside of our vessel? And we're like, if we're, if we're listening to crazy stuff, if we're watching crazy yeah. stuff, if we're, you know, because of the watching and the listening, we're dealing with depression, anxiety and all this stuff. And then we're like, okay, God, I want to be used. It's like, you're full of garbage. Yeah. Like this is why discipleship and, mm-hmm. and going to God and being discipled and reading the Bible and not just here's the word of God, but being doers yes. of the word of God, then God will clean you. You'll be discipled. You will know the call that he has upon you and the Holy Spirit will be with you and then you can be used. And yeah. that's why it all comes down to being discipled, going back to the very beginning yeah. of the conversation. Yeah. And it got to this place, Ryan, where, you know, where the psalmist said, uh, you know, where God brought me to this place where the psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than, than dwell in the tents of the wicked any mm-hmm. longer. It's like, you know, you, you spend enough time in the tents of the wicked. And that's where it's happening. That's where it's exciting. And look what's going on. You think, man, this is so fun. I've got it. And this is cool. And I'm meeting this person or I'm doing that. And, and, and you realize I'd, I'd rather just open the door for people in God's house. Like, come on in, then, then be there anymore. And until you see, sometimes people, we, they don't want to get to the cross because the cross means death. It means yeah. death to me. Yeah. And that to me 
is probably one of the biggest battles that I have, not so much with other people, but with myself, John, you got to, you got to come to the cross and be crucified with Christ. And, Mm -hmm. and so sometimes rather than let people get to the cross, we try to, Oh no, Oh no, that's okay. You just, you know, we want to prop them up or enable them to continue Mm -hmm. to do what they're doing Mm -hmm. and give them this soft pedaled, like, Oh, you're no, it's fine. God understands. Like, yeah, God understands. You got to get to the cross and die. Mm -hmm. Cause if you don't die, you don't experience the resurrection power of of the Mm -hmm. spirit in your life. Mm -hmm. And, and I, we don't, I don't die easy. The flesh does not die easy. Mm -hmm. It wants to live and rule and and it, it hindered me for so long. And, and we still, to this day, I'm not saying, well, I've conquered the flesh. I don't battle it. I still yeah, battle it. I know. You know, you can walk with the Lord 20 years and you're still like, hey, you know what? There's enough flesh in me to wreck everything. Mm-hmm. I got to I gotta kill it every day. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, dead to that. We never, we've never arrived uh, for you listeners. It's right. like every day you wake up. Yeah. And, and there's things, you know, you can get ticked off at someone and something and you're just like, yeah. I was thinking about lighting someone up the other day. That, you know, you did something sketchy. And I was like, and then I'm, I'm at the skate park and I'm like. I'm thinking about, oh, I'm going to tell this guy this. And then all of a sudden I'm like, then God's like, what? Like, yeah, I, I just heard the Holy Spirit be like, what? Like, you're going to blow your witness. Like, you're going to, yeah. you're going to go tell him what's up. Like, you're, you're, you're supposed to represent me. That's right. Even though he said something and you want to light him up and put him in his place. Like, he, he's not a Christian. Yeah. Like, your mission is to like be a witness of me. But that's that cross moment yeah. where you're like, oh, no, no. But then you're like, all right, I'll do it. And you suck it up yeah. and you deny your flesh yeah. and you go, okay, God, like I'm heading to the cross on this. But and, even, yeah, even yeah. that, Ryan, is a process because you're growing. I didn't start out that way. Yeah. You, you, you roll the tape back, you know, 15 years ago, that happens. I'll put him in his place. But something, and that's the thing. We, we come to the Lord and it's not like you just, like you said, we don't arrive overnight. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm a completed yeah. work. Yeah. I'm ready for glory. It's like there is a, Paul said, I press on. You know, Paul said at, the, at one point in his life, I'm least among the disciples. Another point in his life, I'm least among believers. At the end of his life, I'm the chief of sinners. Like, I thought you'd be like, you know, like at the end, you're saying I'm the chief of sinners. You're yeah. about to be martyred because the closer you get to him, the more you realize, oh man, I've come so far and I praise God, but there's so much more to do. So yes. there's a process going on. I mean, and and I think we're growing. We're, yeah. we're thinking differently. And how does it happen? You said it. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, being in fellowship, being in prayer, that is what is daily transforming me, walking in obedience. The truth is setting me free. I'm growing. I'm not what I used to be, praise God, but yeah. I'm not yet what I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm still in pursuit. I'm still chasing after. And that's, a, that's, a, that's what the truth is, is as you're pursuing that, God's speaking you through the truth, and that's how you realize. And actually, in James, it says the Bible's like a mirror, mm. right? You, as you read it, you yes. see, and that's the transformation. And I love what you're talking about, about Paul. The closer you get to God, the more you realize, man, I'm a piece of work. You know, like <laughs> sure. I need, there's so many things I could change. And that's what's so awesome is that God keeps refining you yeah. through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a refining process. And, and you youngsters, you, you know, even people that are older, you know, if you're going to church, it's, it's never too late. I gave my life to Christ at 32 years old Mm -hmm. and, and God did a refining process. Mm -hmm. But the more you dig in, the more you press in, the Mm -hmm. more you learn, the more you read, the more you get discipled, the more you're uh, going to church, the more you're hearing, and you're actually applying these lessons you're going to see your life change. You're going to have peace. Yeah. You're going to have hope. You're going to, you're, God's going to speak to you. I mean, just think about that. Why is it so awesome to be a Christian? The God of the universe speaks to you and he, yeah. he, you ask him questions. He speaks back and he shows you what paths to take in your life. That alone is amazing. Yeah. And then the afterlife, obviously, mm. you know, it's cool too, Ryan, when you have those moments when, you know, the Lord kind of gives you, um, when, when you have a victory that you actually get to celebrate, you know, like, like, you know what? Normally, 
I would respond differently. Right. But you, you're, it's like you're outside of yourself and you, you play it through and you think, wow, that was, that wasn't me. Cause me, yeah. who I used to be, would th- be this way or say that or do this. Man, that was a, that, you know, you, you, sometimes you, you know, you see where you fail and you think, oh man, I blew it again. I was doing so well. And, but Hey, listen, you're all, you're also, there's victories too. And, and you're, you know, you're growing out. I was just, I was somewhere recently and at a, at a wedding and, um, you know, and it was, it wasn't a dry wedding. I mean, it was a Christian wedding, but yeah. it wasn't dry in that respect. And you so we, sometimes, yeah, you know, so people, <laughs> so people were there all, you know, doing what they do. I don't, I, I do water, uh, personally. Um, but but I went, uh, I was thirsty and there wasn't like water bottles. So I had to go to the bar yeah. to, or the little cart that was there to get water for my wife and I. Yeah. So I walk up to the thing, you know, to the thing, it's all this stuff and everybody's around. And, um, and the girl who's the bartender says, Hey, Pastor John, I was like, Hey, and I just thought to my wife, you know, I said, you guys got water here? Like, you know, you know, but like what will you have? Uh, just water uh, with lemon, please. Yeah. You know, in that glass, not that one. You know, I take it back to my wife and I was telling my wife, I said, you know, isn't it a trip? Like. You know, how God saved us to the point where like, and, and you know, what if I would have, you know, ordered something else? Maybe nobody else here would have had a problem with it, but I would have had a problem with it. And yeah. this person knew me. I didn't know they knew me. So just these things where God just shows you just, man, you, you've come a long way. There's more to go. You haven't arrived, mm-hmm. um, but I'm doing a work, you know, continue on steadfast, you know, persevering, Ryan, I think too, is, is a thing that an endurance in the mm-hmm. in our walk with the Lord is something that's really important. Paul talked about it a lot. So, Okay. Now, what would you say to the people that are in a place right now? And they're just like, man, John, Mm. I keep trying. Mm -hmm. I keep trying. I have a good weekend. I have a bad weekend. (laughs) I'm doing good for a couple weeks. My ex-girl calls me. Yeah. What? I mean, how how would you kind of sum this up? Or how would you encourage them? They just go, man, I just feel defeated. Yeah. And dude, I understand that. You're just like. Man, I'm trying to do my best, mm-hmm. but it's, Paul talks about <laughs> I my I do what I don't want to do, and I do yeah. what I do don't want to do. So. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a battle. But the thing is, you know, Ryan, I'm always encouraged. I feel like if we're battling it, yeah. that's a good sign. That is right. You know, the person that just kind of like the people that are just kind of going with the flow and doing whatever. There's no concern. There's no conviction. Right. I'm concerned about them. Right. They say they're Christian, and it's there's if you were to inspect the fruit, you'd think. Wow. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. A bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. Right. And a good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. They say they're a good tree, but it's rotten over there. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing fruitful there. Mm-hmm. That concerns me. What, I, I'm more confident in the person that says, man, I, I want to do better. And I keep on right. that person that keeps going. You, the fact that you're battling it yeah. tells me that the Holy Spirit is working in your life or you yeah. have no thought about it. That's encouraging. That is awesome. Absolutely. And remember about trees, you know, they could, they could uh, start off good, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden like fruit can start going bad. So you got to watch out. This is why you always have to look at your life and analyze mm-hmm. your life and go, am I, am I like, is there fruit? And fruit, by the way, is actions mm-hmm. is what the Bible talks about. It's mm-hmm. the actions in some life. Like look at where you were when you gave your life to Christ is the, is your actions getting better? Are they staying the same or did they get good and start going bad? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and if they're starting to kind of, if, if your actions are, are going South, they're going bad. The good news is like, okay, like get back in the word, right? You know, don't, don't be defeated. Like, okay, that's it. I'm done. No, yeah, get back in. I mean, if a, a tree starts going bad, what do you do? You fertilize it. Yeah. You start watering it, make sure it gets the sun, and then it, it gets back on track, and you can do that. And again, that brings us back to John 15, where Jesus said, if you abide in me and right. my word abides in you, you will bear much fruit. He also talks about the fact that he'll prune you. He'll cut back branches right. that could hinder so that you could produce more fruit. More and I fruit. think you, the, the key, Ryan, in, in growth 
is abiding. You know, Psalm 1, uh, blessed is the man, you know, who, who's planted. He's going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Because of where we choose to abide, abide in God's word, be rooted and grounded in his love, you'll continue to grow. You'll have seasons where it seems like I'm really fruitful and it seems like I'm, there's nothing really happening, but you're, you, you're, you're still rooted. Mm-hmm. And so in time, things will begin to, to grow and flourish. But a lot of people, they, they just don't get planted. Mm-hmm. They, they, they never really sink their roots in deep. And, and that's something that makes a difference for the long haul. Mm-hmm. For this, this isn't a sprint, man. No. This is a marathon. Mm-hmm. And it's one day at a time with Jesus. And don't get ahead of yourself. Just take it one day at a time. But staying in the Word, staying in prayer, staying in fellowship, as you mm-hmm. said, the Spirit of God's going to continue to do that work within and us. You're going to go through different seasons in your that's life. Right. There's going right. to be marriage. There's going to be relationship. There's going to be death. There's mm-hmm. going to be all kinds of business. There's going to be so many different yeah. things, and you need God. And I love to ask people, so like, how would you encourage people, like, when they wake up, what, what's a good way to get up and get going to get the word in in the morning? Yeah, that's what, great. What's a good couple programs? Yeah, for me, I, and I've been doing this since I was, you know, 18. I get up. Um, I, first thing I do is I get my Bible. And, um, and nowadays I get a cup of coffee. Absolutely. I get my get coffee it, first. Firing it up, you know, <laughs> and get my mind working. I'll usually have a devotion that I'll work through. Like, it's, the devotions kind of primes the pump. Right. You know, it's kind of like just getting the, starting the engine a little bit, yeah, yeah. you know? And so maybe it's a devotional, maybe it's Chuck's wisdom for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's free download, by the way. Is on it? The, yeah. Is iBook it on the store, iBook store. You can download it for free. Apple books. You can, it's free wisdom for today. Okay. And you just go through. That's amazing. Um, there's, there's all kinds of different devotionals. The Bible uh, program that you talked about. There's so many yep. different programs, uh, yep. a devotional start that. Then I get into the word. So I'm reading old Testament and uh, right now, and so I'm, I'm in the, I'm just going through the Bible right now. I'm in second Kings. Yeah. I read through the story of Hezekiah today. I was so encouraged. I was so blessed. And had I not gone and picked up that manna for the morning, right. I would have missed it. But there was something in there that God had for me today that is applying to me right now in the situation I'm in. And it was there. It's always there. It's just going. And I'm also reading through the Psalms, reading through the Proverbs, and I'm reading through God's word consistently. Now, hey, some people say, well, I want to read through the Bible in a year. Cool. Do it. And some people are like, I want to read through the Bible in a year. And I, I missed a day. Oh, I missed three days. I got to catch up. And then they get all, dude, it's a relationship. Yeah. Just keep, keep Just reading. Keep going. Just keep going until God speaks to you. I also journal. I write things down. Helps me to remember. I date it. Lord, what did you speak to me? And then oftentimes I'll share it with somebody. Right. Um, and, and that helps me to It's, to, it's to literally that it. simple. Yeah. But you have to, it all comes down to the discipleship or to discipline, right? Because right. there's a difference between desire and actually discipline, mm-hmm. right? Like I desire, if you want to desire to do something, but you never discipline yourself, you'll never do it. That's right. So it's like, you just got to apply that time in the morning to do it. Like, like what I do is I share this a couple times on the shows. Like I get up and I put the K-Wave app on because there's, there's Bible studies every 30 minutes. But then when I'm, cause I, that's more like when I'm kind of more distracted, like I'm kind of getting ready, getting the coffee going, but then I get to my office. So at least there's a study going on while I'm doing the coffee, while I'm getting <laughs> shower, getting ready. Then I go to my office and then I have a devotion, Yeah, which is a paper devotion. So mm-hmm. I'm going through the Billy Graham one right now. That's awesome. It's like a page. So I read that and then wherever, and then, you know, I can read my Proverbs, but then if I get in the car to drive where I'm going to go. I'll throw on, I have like, I actually have the app that you guys put together, the, yeah. um, the word, word for the word, word for, for today, today app, app yeah, it's great. which I have in my book as well. I plug that there too. Yeah. But, um, I, and then I go through the Chuck studies. You know, I was going to say too, Ryan, one of the passages that really helps when you talk about just getting it going is Philippians chapter two, where it says this, it is God who works in you right. both to will and to do right. for his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. God works in you to give you that desire and then he helps you to do it. You just have to take that step. So you have to ask him, God. Yeah. And if you don't have that desire, mm-hmm. God, 
Help me. Help me. Help me to like want to read. Help me to get disciplined to do it. Help me just to actually do it. And he will do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it comes down to it's not only desire. It starts with desire, but then the discipline. And God will do it. And he's faithful. And he's not, he's not looking down and going, man, what's wrong with you? He's not right. judging you. It's, Jesus came to save the world. He wants it. Keep going after it. And I love what you said, that if that's inciting, you're like, man, I keep doing what I'm wrong, but I want to do what's right. That's the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, that's working in you. Right. So that is a good thing. But if you're listening and you don't really have a desire and you're comfortable just going to church and no transformation, that's scary. That's, that's concern. So be careful. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, it's awesome. John Randall from Calvary Chapel, South OC. Okay, family, go to thewhosoever's.com. Book us. We are touring Peru, Chile, Guatemala just opened up. <laughs> uh, uh, where are we at? Obviously, United States, Texas, California, all the different places. Um, we want to come out to you guys. Go to the YouTube, Ryan Reese Official. Subscribe. We have tons of past shows. And uh, we are on the Bible app, too. So you can look up our name there, and you can get devotions there and all that good stuff. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in every week. Keep praying for us that God will continue to open doors with schools. We, we average about 100 schools a year, but we're looking at 200 this year. Mm. That's what we're praying for. So keep us in prayer. John, thank you for being on the yeah, show. I love you guys, okay. and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at LifeAudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.